0: Hi, I'm Melinda Hill, and you're listening to Lit with Melinda Hill, a podcast about all things that light me up. Well, it sounds like you're busy. I'd like to see people being congratulated on social media for not marrying the wrong person. I hope that ends up working out for you. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. I'm comedian Melinda Hill, and this is Lit, the podcast about all the things that light me up. And I am so lit up by hearing the stories of people who are making their dreams come true, who are in the process of making that happen. So today, so excited to
1: have our bright, shining light, Debbie June. June or June? June, I guess. It's a fake name, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) What? I'm just learning this now. Okay. I'm just discovering things. Um, so she's
0: lit up in all the ways. She is lit in all the ways. She began in the literary world as a storyteller and now is bringing her stories to life in comedy films and series, including the hilarious AP Bio starring Pat Oswalt and her new film out this week called Mafia Mama starring Tony Collette, which is a destination comedy. Filmed in Italy and premiering tonight. Hi, Debbie. Welcome. Hi, Melinda. It's so good to be here. I am so happy that you're here because you literally just had a baby two months ago and your
1: movie is premiering tonight. So I'm so honored that you took the time. Oh, it was. It's my it's my pleasure. And it's the movie's premiering tonight. My writing partner, Michael Feldman, is at the premiere in New York City. With our stars Tony Collette and Monica Bellucci. And I am here feeding my babies. So, because I have a toddler and a newborn. And it's a lot and it's amazing, but it's a lot. And it's when we were shooting Mafia Mama in Italy, um, they invited us to go to set, which hi, yes, we would love to be on set in Rome. And uh I didn't go because I was in the middle of IVF which led to this little newborn that I have. So that was very exciting. But Michael went and he just kept sending me pictures of them on set. So he went out for the, the whole shoot. How long was
0: the shoot? Tell me everything. (laughs) First of all, like how, yeah. How long was the
1: shoot? I'll tell you, uh, the shoot was like, I believe it was six weeks and it was in Rome. Felman. I'm calling him Fellman because his husband's name is also Michael and it's just ridiculous. So we go by last names. So he was there for two weeks. And while he was out there, we actually got, we had an interview for a job on a new series called Not Dead Yet. And that is uh, the episode we wrote is going to be on tomorrow night. So it's a big week. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay. So where is Not Dead Yet showing? Not Dead Yet is on ABC
1: at 9.30 on Wednesdays, right after Abbott Elementary, and it's also on Hulu on Thursdays. This is so exciting. I can't wait to see it. What
0: is it about? I love Uh, the title. uh,
1: The show is about this woman, Nell, who is played by Gina Rodriguez, who is just a gem of a human being. And her whole life's falling apart. She uh, moved to London to be with the guy that she loves. And then that fell apart. And so she moves back to Pasadena where she was living and is trying to get her career back that she had. And she was a, a journalist. And the only job she can get at her old paper is to be the obituaries writer. And in the first episode, we discover that uh, she can see ghosts which is all new to her of all the, of the people whose obituary she writes about. So every week it's the new ghost and it's also like really deep and has a, we talk about a bunch of issues, especially for women in their thirties and forties and, you know, friendships and love. And I love it. It's awesome. And it's really funny and everybody's so talented on it. Hannah Simone is on it, and uh, Lauren Ash from Superstore, who's so funny. Everybody's amazing, and I feel so lucky to, you know, be a part of it. And Rick Glassman's in it, and he's really funny. I don't know if you've done stand up with him. I know of him for sure. Yeah, he's great. Um, so it's a dramedy. It's a comedy, but there's like some some heartfelt moments throughout the show.
0: That sounds so good. Is it an hour long or half hour? It's a half hour. So you wrote on more episodes than just the one coming out.
1: Yeah, I wrote last week's episode as well with Michael. So it's, yeah, it's it's been an exciting few weeks. Yeah, it's
0: incredible. Oh my gosh. And so tell me how this all came about. How did Mafia Mama, how was it born?
1: Selman and I, years ago, met um, with this producer. Her name is Amanda Sturz. She's French. And, like, she had an idea for an animated feature. And we gave her our take. And she loved it. And she loved working with us. And we loved working with her. And we wrote that feature for her. And she's like, this is my favorite script. Um, I love you guys. I have an idea for this mafia movie. Would you guys write it? And we're like, yeah, of course. We'll do anything for you. We love working with her. So, She's also like she's a hustler. She's a doer, and so she um, had just uh, written and directed a movie starring Tony Collette, and so she gave it to Tony to read. Tony fell in love with it immediately. Said she wants to be a producer on it, and came on board. And it like very quickly like came together, and ended up shooting in Italy. Monica Bellucci came on board, which was a dream come true. <laughs> To have her in it. And um, I'll tell you what Mafia was about. Please. Yes. Yes. It's about a woman in her forties, Toni Collette, whose husband is cheating on her. And she's basically treated like a doormat in her life. So her life is kind of like falling apart and it's not like going anywhere. Her, her, Her kid's going off to college and she's like, she's feeling really antsy. And she gets a call that her grandfather, who she didn't even know existed, just passed away in Italy and would she come and settle his affairs? So she's like, Oh, this is my perfect opportunity. I'll go to Italy and have like an Epre love thing. And she shows up to Italy and she finds out that her grandfather was a mafia Don and what she inherited was the mob. So now she has to be a mafia mama and it's like she just wants like a rom com to happen, but she's in a mafia, so it's a very violent. It's a violent like comedy, and it's like an action comedy, and it's really fun. And it's you know, it's starring just a bunch of uh, women in their forties, which is awesome. <laughs> That is so
0: cool. And did you guys, did she give you just the idea and you guys ran with it and created the whole movie or was it like she had an outline and she just wanted you to fill it in with the
1: script or how did that work? She had the idea. It was about, it was like less than a page of an idea. And then Felman and I ran with it and she loved, and she also had great ideas and opinions and stuff and she loved it. And she was like, okay. And she loved the script and- It's amazing to work with someone who lets you be you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Did you have to do a lot of rewrites or was she just like, this is great. Like, let's tweak it slightly,
1: but it's good. She loved the first draft. And then, I mean, we, Feldman and I do tend to do a lot of rewrites on our own (laughs) because, well, Feldman is a perfectionist and I do whatever Feldman gets, gets him to, (laughs) you know, relax. So we handed it in and then we had like a few rewrites, but really we did more of the rewriting when we got a director because Catherine Hardwick directs. And so she had a few ideas and and it was all great. We just really gelled and worked well together. So and any like tweaking and stuff done on set and um we trust Amanda, the producer, and so she whatever lines and stuff she changed or added totally fit the movie and we just went with it.
0: This sounds like a total dream. It how is. Long, dream. <laughs> how long did it take you to write the whole thing and, and make it?
1: It took us about 12 weeks to write. And then it sat there for a bit because in the pandemic, well, no, this stuff was going on during the, it was right before the pandemic, Tony Collette said she wanted to make it. So then we were going to shoot it in like 2020 and then everything happened <laughs> So we had to wait for a while.
0: And when you say it took 12 weeks, is that, what's that look like for you guys? Do you meet like once a day on Zoom or like for an hour? Or like what's your process?
1: So this was before Zoom, when everybody was on Zoom. Um, Feldman and I would meet in person. Our processes, we outline a lot, like a lot, a lot. The whole, th- like our outlines are usually 50 pages. So we outline everything So we know where it's all going and that still can change. But um, once we have the outline, so that takes most of the time. It took us like probably three weeks to write it.
0: Oh, how fun. And like what, like what was the actual writing of the movie? Like, do you use like save the cat or what do you use for your outline?
1: We, what we've done from the beginning is that we'll go We'll start with the story and where we think it should all go. And then once we are pretty set on what the story is, and we always have jokes and stuff that come out that we just like keep in a folder and we're like, okay, we want this or we come up with scenes and we're like, we want this. And then we basically start by with the outline going scene by scene and putting in like a paragraph or two about what is exactly happening in that scene. Hmm. And sometimes put in some of the jokes so we remember where they go. And then once we go through all of it, we see which scenes we can take out or what scenes we can fold together. Like if they're if it's too long, it's usually too long. We overwrite. <laughs> and then we cut it down from there. And once we get all the scenes down, then we basically, because sometimes we'll write the outlines in final draft. So it's already, the slug lines are already there. <laughs> like uh, where the interior exterior where where all the scenes take place are already there so it's just like almost like a paint by numbers because <laughs> it's all we've already done so much of the work when we start writing the actual dialogue I
0: love that and do you use little like three by five cards or it's all just in your laptop we do both and usually
1: the laptop first
0: mm, where do you meet to write where do you guys write so
1: we usually we'll meet up at at either my house or his house, and we'll sit on a couch <laughs> because it's just easy. We'll also go to coffee shops, sometimes restaurants, and we'll just sit right next to each other and go through it. Now how, we do it on Zoom. How long are
0: your writing sessions, or does it vary?
1: It varies a lot of times we'll make um a schedule at the beginning of the week and we're like okay cuz also with my kids it's hard to i have to find specific times mm-hmm. um so I'll say I can work from this time to this time and or he'll say he has other things he needs to do and it's never the same time every day sometimes we'll work at night it just it depends and sometimes we'll work an hour a day sometimes we'll work like 3 or 4 hours a day and do you take like weekends off like three-day
0: weekend
1: or just yeah, mostly Saturdays and Sundays we don't work. Although sometimes if it's crunch time, we'll work on Sundays.
0: I love this story. And was the shoot just as easy and flowing as the creation and ideation? Um,
1: Feldman said it was amazing. He was just loving being on set and it was just, it was Rome. It was Where did you guys shoot in Rome? I don't, I don't know
0: exactly where they
1: shot. It was,
0: it was all in Rome. It wasn't in around
1: Italy. It was just Rome, just Rome. They found um, they found this beautiful villa to shoot at like for all the outside. And they found a, a winery to shoot at. Like they did a great job with the budget that we had. Cause it was a, the budget was 10 million. Okay. A real indie movie, especially for an action <laughs> movie. Like that's yeah. $3. $3. money. And What's a common action budget, for example? I think common action budget is like sixty million <laughs> for like a Tom Cruise. Oh no, for Tom Cruise is like a hundred million. You know, it's those are a lot. I mean, it's not like that kind of action, but there's a lot of like there's explosions, there's a lot of gun battles and fight scenes, and so they
0: did that all for ten million.
1: They did that all for ten million.
0: That's very impressive in a six week shoot. Yeah. Okay. And the villa, when you tell me about the villa, was it like 10 stories? My brother was married in a villa in Florence. Oh, nice, It's Florence. I love Florence. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's architecture it. from another era.
1: I know. Ugh, so beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm not sure you weren't there, but you saw the photos. I saw and the you- photos. It all looked very opulent. I'm like I don't know how you, they protected everything but they did. This sounds like a real real feat. It was a real feat. And I guess Catherine Hardwick just made it happen. She's uh wily. <laughs> like she she makes things happen. What else has she done? She did Twilight. Okay. Started off <laughs> the whole franchise. Okay, so the
0: movie started the series.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was it a series? It wasn't a series. Right. I mean, the whole movie is a series. There's like a million Twilight movies. Okay. So she really knows what she's doing. Yeah. She knows she she also did 13 and Lords of Dogtown. Like she's done all sorts of movies. Oh, I love Lords of Dogtown. That was a great film. She's the director. Our producer is uh, Amanda Sters. She's the, she's the French woman who she's very big in France. She has like a she writes and directs in France and she's a playwright and she writes books and novels and children's books. And she's very prolific in France. She sound,
0: they all sound amazing. You got like the dream team, like yeah. who put this whole team together.
1: It was Amanda. She did okay. everything. Like, she's like, I only want to work with women directors. Like I just, she's like, I want to have like a lot of, you know, female forward content that she wants to put out. And that animated movie that we wrote for her is now being made in France. Oh my gosh. How fun. That's really fun. And we're excited because that has a way bigger budget. So it's exciting.
0: That is so cool. Will you be going over while they make that? Because animation takes way longer to make, right?
1: Like We were hoping we'd be able to go and just see like the, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll just like send it over (laughs) with email and stuff, but um. But to see the like storyboards and the, the animation. I don't I, I like I'm so curious about how they do it. So yeah, my
0: fiance works in animation. It can be like oh, a really? long, yeah, like a long journey. Yeah,
1: Something it's a, it takes uh, so long.
0: Yeah, but it's so cool. Animation has rabid fans. Oh, I know. That's what we're hoping. It sounds like it's going to be another great hit for you guys. Are you, and congratulations on the bait, the second baby. It sounds like the IVF
1: worked. It did. And uh, if anybody's thinking about having babies, freeze your eggs. Okay. Okay. Did you do that? I did. I froze them. I was working on a show called The Neighbors. One of the head writers, like the number two, um, her name is Kristen Newman, She, we were like hanging out and she's just like, I was like, I'm in my mid thirties. And she's like, go freeze your eggs, do it. And I'm like, okay. And she gave me the name of her doctor and I froze my eggs because she's like, it'll take all the worry off and any like anxiety that you have. And she was correct. Oh my gosh. And how was your experience with doing that? It was uh, intense. It's not easy. Okay. It's a lot of giving yourself shots. And having crazy hormonal outbursts. (laughs) And, uh, you know, in the end, I got two kids out of it in my 40s. So it's very exciting. So happy for you. I remember
0: so many great essays you wrote about the life that you wanted at Sit and Spin. And to see now, years later everything that you wanted, you have it's just it just makes me so happy for you.
1: Thank you. I feel very, very lucky as my baby starts crying a little bit.
0: <laughs> Do you remember when we first met? I'm
1: trying to even remember. I feel like I always I, knew. I don't because it's like you were just always around and so was I. Like I feel like we were just in the same yeah. kind of world. Especially yeah. with- spin and I would always go to your shows the one that you had at uh Gower Gulch
0: oh you always came to Tiger Lily That's I always came I loved it that was loved. so fun and then I loved doing sit and spins with you and watching the ones you were on at comedy uh comedy Central stage
1: yeah I'm on cold medicine
0: so it's a little hard to remember things I'm,
1: I'm on baby brain so you don't have to tell me.
0: Perfect. Well, how did, I guess I want to know, how did you meet? Well, first of all, like what were your, some of your favorite memories from sit and spin or
1: tiger lily? Oh my God. Tiger lily. I mean, sit and spin is how I met my husband and just how I started performing. So that's like a very special place in my heart. I didn't realize you guys met there. Well, yeah, because I was doing a sit and spin, and Ian, my husband's dad, uh was a part of that whole group and he was a musician, and he was playing music that night. and so his his son Ian was visiting from college and saw me perform for the first time. like that's how we met. He like came back stage and was like, oh, it's funny, and I was like, oh cool, you're Tony's kid and like didn't think anything of it. Uh, to us married with two babies. So, okay.
0: What was the trajectory there? I mean, what was the piece you read that night and did he, was it love at first
1: sight for him or how did it? No, it was not. It was, well, first of all, he's like eight years younger than me. So that was all. That. Yeah.
0: My fiance yeah. is too.
1: Yeah. That's definitely the way to go. Ladies Yes, get them younger. Yes. Young and young and hungry. Young and hungry. Exactly we met. Um, I didn't really think anything of it. And then a few years later, his father passed away, which was really sad for all of us. And he ended up moving back to LA after that happened. And, uh, I remember seeing him at his father's memorial and thinking, I want to take care of this guy. Like, <laughs> I was like, he's, you know, he's new to LA. His dad just, you know, so I just started inviting him out to everything. <laughs> so I'm a very social person and I have a lot of parties and you've been to parties <laughs> like you know yes. like um and love
0: your parties
1: and like and and I'm Persian and so he grew up next to Persian. so he always felt very warmly towards me and like my culture and uh and the, the, and the first time he saw me perform I was performing about being Persian I was doing my mom's accent and like talking about how crazy it is being from a Persian family, like an Orthodox and my dad's a rabbi. So it was like, it was, uh, he really got it. (laughs) And so we would just be hanging out and I didn't think anything would happen. And he ended up, um, he's not Jewish. And I was like, Oh, definitely nothing's ever going to happen with us. Like he was just like a friend. And then He ended up converting because he always felt Jewish. Like he's, uh, he always plays Jews because he's an actor. (laughs) and He tends to play Jews anyway. He uh, ended up converting to Orthodox Judaism. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Was that a long, arduous process for him? It was a two year process, a little, a little less than two years, but yeah. It was like, and it's a lot, it's a lot of change of lifestyle and all that. And a lot of learning. He learned Hebrew. He also learned Farsi. He's really good with languages. So, like, he's really. My family loves him, and he's been amazing. I'm very lucky.
0: Yeah, very, very lucky. So amazing, and so in love with you. And would you not have been able to marry him otherwise if he didn't? Wow,
1: that is dedication. Yeah, this was a very like shocking to me. So did he come
0: to you and say, he just wanted to do that on his own. Yeah. Amazing. And what do you think, like, what do you attribute it to? Were you, did you have your list of like, what I want in a guy and he's I, to- growing
1: up? I, I never wanted to be with a Persian man just cause I'm like, it feels like I'm with my family. I don't <laughs> like, I, I want something as far away from like the way I grew up. I always wanted to find a man that was really funny, but also kind and sweet and sarcastic. And it's very hard finding somebody who's sarcastic and really funny, like especially men in LA that are also kind, unfortunately. (laughs) Like I knew plenty of guys and was friends with plenty of guys who were really funny, but not people you'd want to be dating. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, finding him was kind of like, how is this happening?
0: Did so. you do anything like woo woo stuff, or calling in the one, or
1: um,
0: Doctor Pat Allen, or yeah. stuff the ladies do? Uh, well, I, Since I,
1: I did grow up Orthodox Jewish. I did have little prayers every day for getting married, oh, and for finding funny. your person. And then I did those same prayers uh, for having babies. So it all, <laughs> I guess I put the energy out there.
0: You put it out every day, like in a little prayer, little, mm-hmm. was it something you wrote
1: yourself or? Oh, it's like, uh, I mean, finding a mate in Judaism is like so important. And so there's all these little prayers that are already like, you say these certain prayers in a certain order at only during the day and not at night. And like, you have to do it like, there's a prayer that I was doing where it was 40 days you would do it, and then you'd light a candle with all of like your intentions and everything that you would want. And so I did that for years. Every 40 days, I would just keep doing it. And I still do it from time to time. I did it like while I was pregnant and trying to get pregnant. It's uh it it helps calm me down. It's not just like asking, and it's and I also there's another prayer I do, which is just like a gratitude prayer. Where you just basically think thank God and just are just grateful for everything that you have as mm-hmm. opposed for asking for anything. So I love that. Do you care to share it or is it like a private prayer? Oh, it's it's a Hebrew prayer that Jews say every weekend on Saturday at synagogue. So I instead do it every day.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I do a similar thing. It's not in Hebrew, but I just love throwing, you know, putting that intention out and gratitude is so important. It's so important.
1: I love that you do that. Yeah. All the things that you've been doing, like you're so happy in all the videos lately. Like, you know, ever since you, you went on like a honeymoon with yourself or got married to yourself, but like, and even before that, like it was just, it was beautiful. Thank Thank you. you. I really do think it is like a loving yourself and kind of like appreciating what you have around you that brings that stuff to you. I 100%
0: agree. I mean, yeah, somebody reached out last week and was like, asked me on Instagram, how did you let your life get so big? And it really like Moved me. And I was like, yeah, it's that 100% just like accepting and loving what is already here and like that radical self acceptance. Yeah. And gratitude, you know? So,
1: gratitude is really key.
0: It really is because also I feel like then you can show up and just, you know, you're like, I'm good. And so I'm just here to give and like be a light. Yeah of get. And that's a different energy. Yeah. Okay. So now I've heard about a couple things that have been totally in flow and couldn't have gone better for you. The movie sounds like the series, the husband, the babies, were there things that didn't you know work out as easily in your beginning days with Michael were there things you pitched
1: that didn't go forward where oh, there most of the time it's not easy. I mean the, the we didn't work for a whole year before and we almost lost health insurance before we got not dead yet. it was it's terrifying at all times because <laughs> most of the shows we've ever been on have only haven't gone for that many seasons so, we're always like struggling to find another job. And it's like, you know, we had six showrunner meetings, which is like basically the last meeting you have before. And like in the past when we've had showrunner meetings, that means we got the job and we had like amazing meetings. And then we just didn't get the job or the show didn't go that we were having a meeting for. And we've been wanting to pitch and we don't get to pitch at all. Like, Every time we want to, they're like, oh, it's not the right time. And it's just we just want to sell things and do things and we can't. How
0: do you guys keep the faith during those times? And what does your schedule like look, look like during those times? Do you continue to meet and create things?
1: Create We're pitches? always we're always meeting and creating because we have so many things going at the same time because we never know what's going to work. So it's like, we don't have time to wallow <laughs> in whatever things that aren't happening. Cause there's already so many other things that are, that we're trying to make happen. So we're too busy to <laughs> be that scared, you know?
0: So you guys are in perpetual motion. How did you meet Amanda and how did you meet Michael Feldman?
1: Well, you're we- waiting for, So Sit and Spin, the woman who was running Sit and Spin, Maggie, she did something called Hollywood Hell House years ago. Like this was in, she did it twice, I think in 2004 and 2007. So in 2007, when she was doing it, Feldman had just moved out from New York. Uh, He had gone to NYU and was like wanting to be an actor. So he came out and uh, we ended up doing Hollywood Hell House together, which was basically like a thing before Halloween where... They had to use the exact same script that they use in um in churches, where it's like different things that could land you in hell. But instead of like demons and goblins and stuff, it's like, hey, if you're gonna play Magic the Gathering, you're gonna end up in hell. And like if you're gonna um go to a rave, you're gonna be in hell or have an abortion or all that stuff. So um it was all done by comedians, like what's his name? Bill Maher played the devil. The one that I did and Cato Kaelin played Jesus. I think David Cross played Jesus at some point, like, and Patton was in it. And and so Feldman and I did this little vignette of uh, me being a girl who decides to go to a rave. And because I do that, I get raped. And then because I get raped, I kill myself and I end up in hell. So, which is what they show to 12 year olds in the middle of the country to deter them from doing stuff which is insane. So, but we did it for fun in Hollywood and, um, Feldman played my rapist and we become, we became like really close.
0: That's so great. I love Maggie Rowe and all of her creations.
1: I know. So do I, it was really fun. It was like so much. Were you a part of that hell house? I
0: think she may have asked me one year and I, I had a, a conflict, but, and I never even got to
1: see it. So that oh so it was, it was insane. To have that many people doing it it was pretty amazing i just uh, read her book and it was amazing sin bravely oh she's um, incredible
0: oh she's just absolutely incredible creative prolific creative powerhouse so you guys became like writer friends or was did that happen later
1: both of us wanted to be actors. Neither of us was really writing. We were, I was doing the personal essay shows for Sit and Spin, and he had like a one man show, and then he had like a one man puppeteer show. I saw his show; it was great. One of his shows, that his shows into. are incredible. He's very talented. So we were, so we were friends for a while because we had, we both grew up like pretty Jewish and um, went to summer like day camps. And we started talking about that and we ended up writing a little short film that, uh, for Eddie Pepitone to star in and we shot it. And that was the first script either of us really wrote, like in script format and everything. At the same time, our friend, John Levenstein, who you know as well, um,
0: John Levenstein. Yeah.
1: He's amazing. He's a writer and, um, He had seen both of us perform for many years and and was like, oh, uh, my friend Brad has a new show on MTV and he's looking for new writers. I'm going to put your names in. And we both went in for an interview and he said, I love the both of you. And the only script either of us had was the one we wrote together (laughs) So he read that and it was perfect for what he wanted. And so he's just like, would you guys mind being paper partners? Like, which means like you guys could be partners. and we'll, like, you guys could be separate writers the next season, if it goes. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. We didn't know what we we're doing. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, well, totally. And so very lucky for us. We loved working with each other and being partners. And uh, we've been partners ever since. And he has like, some things that he's written on his own and like with his husband and I have stuff that I've written on my own and with my husband, cause we love to exploit our marriages. So <laughs> um, it's very, I feel very lucky to be in a partnership that is so open and easy.
0: That's so special and so rare to yeah. find people who are not only incredibly talented, but who you like to be around.
1: Yeah so we're lucky
0: at what point did you guys start or did you separately learn how to be funny for a living like take it from practicing and having fun and exploring experimenting to actually monetizing it and what was the turning point
1: um well I think both of us grew up um feeling very other (laughs) you know and and uh Wanted to fit in and have people like us. <laughs> so we turned to comedy and mostly making fun of ourselves to get people to like us. And also, so people wouldn't make fun of us. We'd make fun of ourselves. It was like, um, you know, self-preservation basically.
0: It's kind of like emotional cutting too. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. going to do it to, to me first. Yeah. you hurt me because I'm going to hurt me and I'm going to make you laugh.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And we both got really good at it. And then we loved the validation that it gave us. And he ended up going to Tish NYU's like school to be like an actor and discovered writing there and was like, Oh, I want to do writing more than I want to do acting. And then, and I, it was my dream to growing up. I was like, I want to be on a living color. And then, you know, that didn't keep going. And then um you want to like, be
0: J-Lo on in Living Color or like one of the sketch. No, I shows. want to be
1: a dancer. I wanted to be one of the sketch people. You want to be Jim Carrey. I wanted to be Jim Carrey. I was obsessed with Jim Carrey uh when I was younger. And then um and then I was like, oh, I, I want to be a stand-up. Um, I'll do that. And so I started doing stand-up and I didn't love stand-up. I was doing well with it, but it just felt very lonely. It's so lonely. Yeah, it's so lonely. And like it didn't feel like um, especially when I started, it didn't feel like there were that many women. That's why I was like, I loved your show and I loved seeing you. And like I was like, there weren't that many women doing it. And it also felt like people were mean with so mean. They're so mean. And You're I was so it mean. just didn't feel like I'm so not that kind of person. And so then I went to a sit and spin. And I was like, oh, these are my people. It's storytelling. It's like real, like where like sometimes you do cry during the stories and like yes. it's really honest and like balls out stories. <laughs> and um, that felt, and I loved the writing aspect of it. And that's when I started writing. Mm-hmm. I was like, like really writing. I know it's stand up. It's writing too, but this was like writing a full essay and like, you know, figuring out editing and what works and just, and, um, I loved it. And then the, both of us were like, uh, that's when, when we met, we, you know, we were both still just performing and doing our own writing for ourselves. And I had like two, one woman shows that I was doing. And, and then I didn't even think about becoming a writer for television because I was like, I'm, I cannot type. It is. Felman does all typing. I am so bad at it. I'm very slow. You never took like a typing class or whatever in school? Never. I remember
0: begrudgingly taking that. And I later wrote a
1: thank you letter to that typing teacher. I am so I I wish I did. And then, so Felman types, because when he watches me type, he wants to crawl out of his skin. So, (laughs) but I feel like because we wrote that short film because we're like we just have to make stuff for ourselves let's just do it and so we made that short film and we're like well maybe someone will see it and then it turns out like because we wrote something somebody else saw it and nobody ever saw the short film because we never even put it out really and <laughs> um which we should I don't know why we haven't it's really Eddie Pepitone so funny um maybe you'll we put t- it out now I know we should we keep saying we should and then we don't. Uh yeah, because we wrote that basically short. We got on to the in-betweeners, which was our first show together. That's and great.
0: And did the, the the short cost a lot to make, or was it like shoestring?
1: It was shoestring. It was everybody was doing favors and mm-hmm. I cooked all the food. It was yeah. <laughs> But I was the reason why I was like, oh, I'm never gonna be a writer is because I'm like, oh, you have to start being a writer by being a writer's assistant. And I'm like, oh, there's no way I could be a writer's assistant, like the typing I can't. Right. So I uh luckily skipped that part. <laughs> That's great. I
0: love that story. Yeah. What a cool story. So, like, did you have any mentors who gave you helpful advice? Anything. Yeah. That you would tell someone trying to break in.
1: Well, I feel like my mentors were John Lovenstein was one of them for sure, and Jimmy Valley, who's also a big writer. And their their advice was just keep on writing and keep on performing and just get people to see you. And one of my mentors, it's weird calling him a mentor, but he is. It's a Wayne Fetterman who is like one of my closest friends. You know him. He's a stand up. Yeah. Yeah, of Um, course. Wayne for years, and I met him at a party, like, um, after a sit and spin. And he's like, for years, he's like, you just have to go to places and meet people. (laughs) And he's right. Like, it's all about your connections and meeting people and connecting. And that is what got me to where I am. It's all because I went out and went to parties and (laughs) went to, like, shows and met people And talk to them and didn't just like stay in a little corner and by myself.
0: I love that advice. It's so simple. Yeah, true. I I totally cut you off before though. Like what were your favorite tiger? Or we got distracted in this river of a conversation. (laughs) What were your favorite tiger lily moments? By the way, love Wayne
1: Fetterman. Love Wayne Feldman. He's you lived
0: together yeah. for a long time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He because he's like, can I stay with you for a little bit um, while I buy my house? And it's like my, I'm in this like dingy little two bedroom, <laughs> and he's and and he's like, and I'm like, yeah, sure. It ended up being five years. So, <laughs> and then Feldman and his husband moved in upstairs, so we were living in a duplex of like it felt like a sitcom. It was amazing. What a
0: great comedy school.
1: Oh my God. It was, that was, it felt like comedy school. Uh, Tiger, Oh, so one of my favorite Tiger Lilies, which is so crazy because Ian happened to be at the Tiger Lily as well.
0: Ian went to Tiger Lily.
1: Yeah, he went too. And so, um, why am I forgetting his name? Oh my God. That's what? the
0: one thing I regret about Tiger Lily is I was always running around wearing so many hats, like producing it, that I didn't always have the time to just spend with the people who were there. Like, I wish I had more time.
1: Oh, yeah. It was way too hard for to you to out. do that. Yeah. Way you too know, hard. His name Starve Star of the Emoji Movie. Um, oh, TJ Miller. Thank you, TJ Miller. Okay, TJ Miller, this was years and years ago. I remember he came up and he was about to do a set, but a homeless person had walked in.
0: <laughs> is like, it the, is this at the Gower Gulch
1: yes and he went on for like I don't even know how long he like didn't even do his set he just did a whole thing about what just happened and all of our reactions to what just happened and like because the guy just like walked in during somebody else's set it was just it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> and it was so random and it was so it just could have happened there <laughs> yeah, Tiger and like it was so wonderful. And, and what I liked about Tiger Lily also is like it was stand up, but then I also feel like there was so much storytelling going on too, because everybody could just kind of like there was no like pressure. It was amazing. Like anytime Maria Bamford just went off on whatever she was doing, I was like, this is amazing. And I also part of Tiger Lily I love that you hosted and like it was just like there were so many females on the like as as much as you could, you had like females on, which was awesome. And because they were hilarious and amazing. And it just felt like so inspiring. And I loved it. oh Yeah. It
0: was sweet. Yeah, that was a special time in history.
1: Yeah. It was pretty wonderful. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so moving. What were your favorite sit and spin
1: moments? Really? It was. I guess Ian proposing to me, Addison's been,
0: uh, Oh my gosh. So he, how did he do that? He read a piece and then
1: we read a piece together. We wrote a piece together. It was like our second piece that we did together. And then, um, at the end of the piece, he proposed (laughs) in front of everyone. And it was like, so perfect. That is so cute. I wish I
0: could have been at that one. I wish Ian no, would have been. A...
1: I know he he
0: couldn't because it was like we were both sending out surprise. Yeah. And did he? Did you? You guys still have the tape of that though? We do. We do have the tape. That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah which is great. That's so romantic and so perfect.
1: I know. Stage where we met. That show was
0: so special. That space is so special. I did like a couple or three one-person shows
1: there as well. I, I was at them. I saw your one-person shows, and they were amazing.
0: Thank you. What did you ever tape your one-person shows? I did. I have them somewhere. I know. I'm there.'s I have things I never even looked at. Did you? What was your process with like writing
1: your one-person show? I took a lot of stuff from pieces that I have done and then started to like, almost like Tetris it into like a narrative. It was a lot of trying to fit things and see where they, they go. And I was actually in the middle of redoing it. I was going to do my one-woman show again. And Taylor Negron was directing me and then he passed away. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So it was like a, And we were, and working with him was incredible. I met him at Sit and Spin as well. And he, uh, and I also, Drew was directed me one of the times and and that I did my one-woman show. And like from Drew and from Taylor, I had learned to um, act with myself. (laughs) And it wasn't just like, here, this is my life. It's like, you know, let us be like, see moments of that life. So it was changing and that was happening. And then I just started working and then I'm like, I should revisit the one woman show. (laughs) I'm so tired.
0: No, I can't even imagine all the stuff you do now. But a one person show is a very impressive undertaking. What were yours called
1: again? One was called dowry where I had my dowry on stage (laughs) and like getting married and all that. Uh, The other one was called college and it was, and I did it at a, at a college in Arkansas, which was, they were like, no one knew what I was or where I was from. They're like, what is this person? (laughs) It was amazing. How did you book that gig? Uh, I had a friend who was, who was, who was booking, I guess, comedy things for the college. And I'm like, okay, if they want to pay for me to come out and do this, I'll do it. Yeah, it was really fun with the the that one woman show, it was about my time at an all girls Orthodox Jewish college in Manhattan about my struggle with weight. I didn't realize how much it would hit in the Midwest, but now it all makes sense, yes, <laughs> about all those struggles, which a lot of my sit and spin pieces have to do with that as well. well.
0: It's so universal. Where are you at in that journey? Where are you at with it?
1: So I was freaked out. Like I, I wanted my body to be in a good place before I got pregnant. Cause I knew I would, and I gained more weight this time around than I did with my first pregnancy. And it is hard. I am like the heaviest I've been in a long time. Me too. And I think a lot of people from the pandemic who haven't even had babies,
0: but yeah,
1: it's hard. And my husband's amazing and like tells me how beautiful I am, which is he's smart. And, uh, it's weird. It's, it's hard for me, but at the same time, I feel much better about myself now (laughs) than I used to. Me too. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's weird. It's like, huh. I'm not like freaking out as much as I used to about it and also know, like I'll get to a healthier place. Like, you know, after I breastfeed and like, I have so much stuff going on. I can't like focus on that and I just need to take care of my body. And I mean, it's hard. It's it's like, still like clothes don't fit. None of my clothes fit, but I did create a human being. So whatever.
0: (laughs) You created a couple and <laughs> a few worlds <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a few um, worlds that, and a bunch of jobs within those worlds. Yes. So it's like, uh, maybe not the most important, uh, yeah.
1: but I also did. I also realized like so much of it is my hormones. So ladies get your hormones checked. Oh my gosh. It's all of that stuff is
0: just like. It's just such a, the minute you like, I'm on the journey, I'm on the same journey. I'm just like, I mean, I don't have, not the child journey, but like, it's the hormones hormones and the the weight stuff and the blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it's hard. It is hard. And I kind of, I try different things. Um, Right now I'm just practicing radical self-acceptance and (laughs) abstaining from thinking I need to fix anything or change anything and try that. So it is hard though with the um, programming. It's just a daily kind of like, but anyway, that's boring. I don't even want to talk about that.
1: I <laughs> We're all going through it. Everyone, every single, every single person I know, forget just women. I'm talking all the men I know, like everyone is going through it. It's crazy. I get calls. Yeah. And also
0: how much of it's real and how much of it's and what do you really need to be to be happy and healthy and because that's the main objective, right? Happy, healthy. Yeah. Loving yourself, loving your life. So what I just want to be I know what does that look like? And sometimes (laughs) sometimes that doesn't look like what my programming tells me it should, but the truth is, how does it feel in your body? Like just listen to your body. Okay, in closing, yes, first, put on the glasses. Um, wow, we have covered a lot today. Is there anything you want people to know?
1: What do people need to know about this movie? Um, go in with no expectations except to have a good time.
0: <laughs> Mafia Mama, such a good title. Where'd the title come from?
1: Amanda came up with it.
0: This Amanda sounds amazing. She's
1: amazing. We're obsessed with her. She's so cool.
0: How did you guys meet her again?
1: We had a a general meeting with with a guy that liked us so much that he every job that he went to because he kept like moving up in the ranks and like different jobs. Um, and this was one of them. And he's just like, "I love you guys. Come, come to come meet Amanda. She wants to." And we're like, "Okay." So generals matter sometimes like they could lead to things. What are your top tips for generals? Be yourself and just treat it like you're like out having drinks with a friend. (laughs) People just want to like know your story and know like if you're fun to work with, like if like you're not a, a crazy person. So that is important.
0: Yeah. What do you want people to know about being a a storyteller
1: and a mom? Um, I think with both, try to be as honest as you can with both your kids and your audience. (laughs) And like give of yourself and don't worry about looking stupid.
0: I love that so much. What is next for you? I can't wait to see the premiere photos. Is it tonight in Italy or in LA?
1: It's in New York. So Felman's going to be posting a lot. You'll see, Um, and then hopefully we're 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 praying that uh, not dead yet comes back because it was like one of the most incredible jobs I've been on. I love working on that show and working with everyone. It's just so good. And then Felman and I are pitching. We're finally starting to pitch stuff. So Pitching
0: pitching film and series stuff, series stuff. Then
1: and then we maybe and a film. Yeah, we might be. We're, I'm like, there's so much stuff going on. Yes, there's a film also that Felman and I wrote that we're hopefully we'll see something soon, see what
0: happens. That is so exciting. How do you come up with titles? What's your title tip?
1: Titles are the hardest things to come up with.
0: Like, by the way, did you work in the writer's room on Not Dead Yet, or was that a Zoom search?
1: Oh, we were in the room, which was so exciting because was, was the room, the room was a Fox, which is so close to our house. And it was like a dream come true for me and Feldman because Feldman lives five minutes away from me. We, it was, it was like, our commute was 10 minutes and we had like the most incredible room ever. And it was just awesome. Loved it. And I was pregnant the whole time. And so was the star of our show. And so was our writer's assistant and like a bunch of other people on set. So it was like very pregnant friendly. And it was, what a
0: dream. It was a dream. Was awesome. Have you ever been in writers' rooms that weren't fun?
1: No, and that is a rarity. Like every writer's room we go to, all we hear is horror stories of other writers' rooms. But every writer's room we've been in, like thank God, has been incredible. We're so lucky, like so lucky. Well, I think your prayers are working. I hope so.
0: It sounds like. So, how do you come up with your titles? We'll go out on this.
1: Whatever sounds the most fun. Mafia Mama sounds fun and says exactly what the movie is. Exactly. We have a, we have a body swap comedy and that's called No, You Look Amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that our friend came up with because our original <laughs> title, we can't do. What was, it was that? Controversial. <laughs> 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 say it.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I love you so much. I love um, you
1: so much. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Of course, um, I can't wait to see all the stuff that is coming out, and I'm so excited for all your success. Everyone should follow Debbie on the socials at Deb's June. Um, and where can they find all your your movies and
1: other happenings? I guess if you go on IMDb, you can see what I've written, and then. Um, but really, right now, it's not dead yet on ABC or Hulu. Um, and Mafia Mama in theaters this weekend. What? So exciting! Please go see it in the theaters. Please go see it in the theaters. <laughs> oh, so, get some wine. Take it into the theater and drink it. Bring a flask if they don't offer wine. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, thanks everyone for listening today. Please like, subscribe, rate, review. It really helps the pod. We do have a Patreon also if you'd like to become a patron and receive special perks and in other news. My new hour of comedy is now happening twice a month at the Clubhouse in Los Feliz. Follow me on the socials for all the deets at Real Melinda Hill. Till next time, stay
1: lit. Bye.
0: Bye, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.
1: Lit with Melinda Hill, hosted by Melinda Hill. Produced and edited by me, Todd Donald. Executive produced by Melinda Hill. And music by The Polarity and Skip Whitman. Thank you for listening.